0: Hi everyone, we are United Nations Association St Andrews and this is our monthly global politics recap for the month of December. I'm Anna Pilgrim and this podcast is also brought to you by Emilia Navillo, Charlie Folds and Veronica Meyer. There were protests in Syria at the beginning of December over economic pressures in the country. Protesters called for the President Bashir al-Assad to be overthrown, then stormed and set fire to a government building in Suweda. They also tried to storm a police station, according to the Syrian Observatory for Human Rights. In the past few months, there has been fighting between the government of the Democratic Republic of Congo and the M23 rebel group, which has displaced almost 400,000 people, the BBC reports. Following peace talks in November, thousands of people in the Democratic Republic of Congo took to the streets in early December to protest against the violence and against the M23 group. The following week, the UN published a report that found that M23 rebels had massacred at least 131 civilians and raped 23 women in the North Kivu province, although they expect the true number to be even higher. M23 have denied these claims. In November, to help the government fight the rebel group, the UN eased its arms embargo against the Democratic Republic of Congo, which had been imposed since 2003, and said that it would keep its peacekeeping forces in the eastern parts of the country for at least another year. The government in the Democratic Republic of Congo had accused the Rwandan government of backing the M23 group, something the Rwandan President Kagame had denied, but a leaked UN report this week provided evidence that the M23 rebels were in fact backed by Rwanda. There is a new presidency in Peru as La Boluarte becomes its first female president and sixth president in five years. Former President Pedro Castillo was impeached on December 7th for using his position to give preferential treatment to those close to him. In the morning, he had attempted to dissolve Congress and install an emergency government in what Human Rights Watch has called a self-coup and was detained by police following his emergency impeachment. Protests have since broken out in three cities in Peru, including Arequipa, where protesters stormed an airport. 22 people have died as a result of these protests. Buluarte had initially planned to remain present until April 2026, but following protests has moved the next election forward to April 2024 and has announced a $1.6 billion economic recovery plan. Mexico has refused to acknowledge Buluarte as the new president, and the Mexican ambassador has been expelled from the country.
1: Sudan has begun moving forward to democracy and having many protests. The crisis in Sudan began in 2019 when the army overthrew longtime leader Omar al-Bashir, leading to a transitional government. Sudan has not had a functioning government since October, 2021, when a military coup undermined then prime minister Abdallah Hadmak's government, creating a state of emergency. The UN believes that Sudan is going through a complex political transition. Big changes have occurred this month against the backdrop of years and years of crisis. Military leaders have concluded they need to release power to civilian groups to alleviate the crisis. They have opted to create a two-year transitional period, a result of negotiation with civil leaders along with the military ceding power over the defense and security to the civilian prime minister. These solutions do not address the injustice for the mass murders of anti-coup demonstrators in the recent years. However, the UN welcomes this agreement sees it as the first essential step. South Africa's president Cyril Ramfosa, has been re-elected as the leader of the African National Congress party amid scandals. These scandals include money laundering and other forms of corruption, violating South Africa's constitution and breaking anti-corruption laws. The large controversy involves finding mass sums of money in a sofa located on Ramposa's personal game barn. These accusations marred his self-imposed image as a savior a man of integrity and experience, who would combat mass corruption. However, this win sets him up well to win South Africa's 2024 election. Ramfosa has been able to maintain his power, and his supporters see the legal action as an attempt to discredit him. The ANC has upheld power in South Africa since the end of apartheid rule in 1994, and it does not seem like they are going anywhere anytime soon. This month, there has been renewed fighting in South Sudan, against the wishes of the united nations the united nations mission in south sudan along with other international actors like the eu have called for the end of violence in the greater pibor area of south sudan over the last month december at least 57 have died this violence perpetrated by young individuals from the nearer community have resulted in attacks against the Murle ethnic group south sudan has faced many instances of violence since its independence from sudan in 2011. along with calling for the end of hostility the protection of human rights, the UN is asking South Sudanese leaders to intervene. The UN has implored politicians and leaders to use a dialogue-based approach to restore the peace. The UN mission is increasing its patrol in areas of violence. On December 7th, a report was published that exposed
2: a Nigerian military secret, an illegal abortion program that has been running since at least 2013 in the Northeast. Aruta's investigation found that at least 10,000 pregnancies among women and girls have been ended, many of whom were kidnapped and raped by Islamist militants. The pregnancies were medically aborted by soldiers of the Nigerian army, without any consent from the mothers. In fact, the abortions happened without the women and girls even knowing, until they felt the effects. On December 10th, the United Nations Secretary General, Antonio Gutierrez, called for an investigation on the allegations of systemic and coerced abortions. An update on former US President Donald Trump. So the House committee investigating the January 6th Capitol riot and Trump's involvement in such had their final public hearing in December where they recommended that the Department of Justice pursue four separate criminal charges against Donald Trump. Now, although that has gained quite a lot of media attention as people don't really know what that will mean, much of the information that will be used for the Department of Justice to come to a conclusion is confidential, so we can't know for sure if Trump will face criminal prosecution in 2023. However, multiple prominent figures of the US legal landscape have claimed that this recommendation will increase the chances of Trump facing prosecution at either a federal or even state level. This is an interesting development in Donald Trump's indictment, as up until now, he's faced no consequences. And this could possibly have an effect on his presidential campaign as he is currently attempting to run in 2024.
1: The German government has cracked down on an extremist plot in Germany. This month, 25 individuals were arrested in a far-right plot to overthrow the government. Among the arrested are descendants of German royalty and a former member of Germany's lowest house of parliament. This group, called the Reich Citizens Movement, was founded no later than 2021. The group rejects the institutions and the free democratic order and wants to replace it with its own structures. They also follow many conspiracy myths, reminiscent of QAnon ideology. The German Minister of Justice, Marco Buschmann, publicly announced that they will attempt to combat anti-democratic groups by creating an anti-terror operation. The federal government prosecutor is continuing raids to indict more suspects. The story continues.
0: Chinese President Xi Jinping has announced the end of the strict zero Covid system. This follows a wave of countrywide protests in November over the policy. China has officially registered just over 5,200 deaths, although many doubt this figure. Worsening relations between China and India have seen a conflict at the border earlier in December and a larger increase of Indian troops at the border. Problems include the badly defined border between the two countries, which is 3,440 kilometres long, and competition between both nations to build infrastructure along it. The clash in December follows a fatal confrontation at the border in June 2020, in which 20 Indian and four Chinese soldiers were killed. This confrontation is important as both countries are nuclear powers and close trading partners. In Afghanistan, the Taliban have banned women from universities, with the education ministry saying it is suspending women's attendance until a, quote, suitable environment was established. The announcement took immediate effect. The following day, guards were posted outside universities to deny entry to women. Across the country, women protested in December against the decision, shouting, quote, education, job, freedom. The protests led to the arrests of five women and three journalists. The BBC have reported that several women were also beaten and that water cannons were used on protesters. Fifty male university professors have resigned, with some male students refusing to take exams in protest of the banning. The Taliban have also banned women from working for NGOs. As a result, several foreign aid groups have halted operations in the country, including Care International, the Norwegian Refugee Council and Save the Children. The decision has been condemned by the United Nations, with the UN stating that the Secretary-General, Antonio Guterres, was, quote, deeply disturbed by the move, and that, quote, The decision will undermine the work of numerous organisations working across the country, helping those most vulnerable, especially women and children, end quote. The UN Human Rights Chief Volker Turk has also called for the Taliban to immediately revoke their policies that target women's rights. Benjamin Netanyahu has been sworn in as the new president of what media outlets are calling the most right-wing government in Israel's history. He will lead a coalition which includes far-right parties, one of which is calling for the annexation of the West Bank, which is at the centre of Israeli-Palestinian conflict, and a rejection of Palestinian statehood. This will be the sixth time Netanyahu has been Prime Minister, who stands accused of fraud and corruption, although he denies any wrongdoing.
3: My name is Amelia and I will be giving you an update on the Ukraine-Russia war. One of the major events that has happened so far in December is that Russia targeted Ukraine's power grid. Ukraine then switched to emergency shutdowns to stabilize its power grid after a fresh wave of the Russian missiles attacking the country in the beginning of December. President Zelensky said many regions were affected. An official said that half of the Kyiv region would go without electricity for multiple days. Because of the winter times, the country is now seeing snow and sub-zero temperatures in many regions and millions of people are without electricity and running water. This is raising fears that people may die of hypothermia and other deaths related to cold. Furthermore, Putin also boasted that Russia had the most modern and advanced nuclear weapons in the world. However, he said that Russia had not gone mad and that they're very aware of what nuclear weapons are and that they, quote, aren't about to run around the world brandishing this weapon like a razor, End quote. President Zelensky visited the United States for the first time
0: since the Russian invasion of Ukraine began. He presented Congress with a signed flag. Russia has said that this visit shows that the US is fighting a proxy war. United Nations Association St. Andrews wants to thank you for listening to the podcast and hopes that you have a good new year.